On this episode of Owl the Rage, we're going to be talking about Kennesaw State men's basketball's newest transfer and look at the potential starting fives for both men's and women's hoops this upcoming season. A few updates concerning the women's soccer team, including why I've got a bone to pick with EA Sun. And we talk about some preseason accolades for KSU football and Xavier Shepard. It's Owl the Rage. Let's get right into it. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Well, hello there, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I recently watched the, uh, the Mr. Rogers documentary, and uh, I don't know. I guess it got me feeling a certain kind of way, you know, just like uh, the love that I received after putting out my first episode last week. That's the kind of feeling it gave me. It gave me a feeling that uh, made me feel special, the only uh, only a way that Mr. Rogers could. And um, I really want to thank all of you guys. Um, you have to understand that um, my expectation going into this was so low. You know, I, this is something I really only did for me. Um, it was really a, a self-pleasing uh, experience for me to just talk about Kennesaw State sports. And um, the feedback that I got back from it and all the love that I got back from it was such a shock and so surprising. I couldn't believe it. And um, I really want to thank all of you guys for listening to the first episode and if you're coming back, thank you so much. Thanks for being my neighbor. And um, there's going to be a lot more to come. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Uh, I'm glad that you guys are just as excited about it. And uh, let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. We've got some football stuff. The Owls have started their first days of preseason camp. And it seems like we're dealing with a lot less preseason injuries than we did last season, which is fantastic to hear because it was something that was kind of an issue going into the start of last season. Coach Bohannon also talked about being a little underwhelmed with what he's seen out of the guys. Now, I don't want to worry anybody. You know, To quote him exactly, he said, the urgency wasn't there out of the younger guys just yet. But I think that shows more so what Coach Bo asks of his players. And... When you're that age, you're coming in as a freshman, or maybe you're even coming in from a different program. It's no doubt an adjustment working in a college program for the first time, but even working under Coach Bo is a whole different beast altogether. If you've ever been to camp, if you've ever been to practice, you know what I'm talking about because he'll put you through it. But you know, it makes it makes for a better team, and I'm really excited to see what the team has this season, and so is many of the. Organizations that give out preseason awards. A litany of preseason accolades were handed out to our guys, but for obvious reasons, quarterback Xavier Shepard stole the show. Stats performed preseason All-American, Walter Payton watch list, and Phil Steele All-American preseason second team. Congrats to Xavier. You know, what else can you say? He obviously earned all this acclaim. With his play last season, he still has two seasons to go. And one thing I was thinking about was quarterbacks for the future. 
what is going to be the next move? If you look at the roster on the KSU Owls website, this roster is housing a lot of quarterbacks right now. I can't remember the exact number. Let's see if I can if I could find it in front of me, but I believe it's 7 or 8. And I think it's going to be interesting looking at the future of this program. Obviously, Xavier Shepard still has 2 years left, including the upcoming one. Um but you never know. You never know. Maybe, you know, he gets so much acclaim that he, you know, he goes somewhere else his senior season. Also, maybe he comes back for a grad year. Who knows? Um, but as of right now, the Kennesaw State roster has seven quarterbacks listed. So what's going to be the next step after Xavier Shepard leaves? Because four of them are freshmen. So that's going to be interesting to see what the future of the quarterback position for the Kennesaw State Owls and Coach Brian Bohannon is going to be. We're going to talk about that on next episode. So next Thursday, keep your eyes peeled for that. We're going to talk about the future of the quarterback for Kennesaw State. In the meantime, though, we've got some more soccer news. First off, if you're not following KSU Owl Network on Instagram, go ahead and give them a follow. I've seen some exclusive video there, especially with, you know, it's media day season for a lot of the sports teams at Kennesaw State. And they shine some light on what some of the new kits are going to look like for Kennesaw State women's soccer. Now, it's, if you're wondering what the new kit looks like, it's a white patterned top with gray shorts and gray socks. I don't know what the extent that this kit will be used. I don't know if it'll be looked at as an alternate from you know the the white top and black shorts or the all black and gold which is my personal favorite i don't know what the extent of that kit will be um i don't know how i feel about this white and gray kit i think you never know about uh, how you feel about a kit until you see it on the pitch i think it was i think it was kennesaw state baseball had a new uniform last season and I want to say that they had never won in it, so they just stopped wearing it. Um, and I get it. I get it. Um, I'm an incredibly superstitious person, and I would have done the same thing. Also, something interesting happened with our first episode. Um, got a comment from a handball enthusiast named Martin Brannick. Shout out to Martin. Thanks for listening. He had a lot of nice things to say, and I really appreciate it. Uh, but he had mentioned Kiara's involvement with handball and that he was excited to have a handball athlete coming to Kennesaw State, even though it wasn't necessarily to play handball. And he had pondered aloud whether Kiara was going to be able to keep involved with the Argentinian handball team. And she took to Twitter and, and answered that question herself. Uh, she talked about how... Uh, Incredible the time was that she had with the Argentina handball national team, but uh, said that, you know, due to coming to KSU to play soccer, uh, she was no longer going to be able to play. So, uh, unfortunately for Martin and, you know, other handball enthusiasts, that uh, she's not going to be able to continue her handball career for uh, as of now. But interesting uh, little tidbit 
from someone who I think is going to be a, a very important player, you know, potentially this upcoming season, but definitely for years to come. In other A-Sun soccer news, Erin Miller is up for A-Sun Preseason Defender of the Year. I think she's a great choice for it. She was the center back partner with Haley Decker last year, who I think is probably more of the pure defender of the group uh, between the two. Um, that's all due respect to Aaron. I think the thing with Aaron that the conference sees and why she was selected was Aaron was also a great goal threat, can get her head on a set piece. And that's always going to count more in the conference's eyes. And I get it, you know, I get it. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to see every game uh, that's going on across the conference. And you can only see what you see on the stat line. And Aaron was scoring, you know, a couple of set pieces last year. She's also uh, capable of playing striker. But I think Haley Decker, and I think maybe Aaron would agree to this, Haley Decker, her spot is solely center back, solely defender. Um, but, you know, I wish there was a way that they could both win. I think that they're going to be another great partnership to keep an eye out for this upcoming season. But it also brings me to my bone to pick with the A-Sun. And I'm really not happy about this at all. Because the nominations came out for A-Sun Player of the Year. Nine A-Sun schools were represented in the nominations. And Kennesaw State was not represented at all. Now, how in the world, I couldn't tell you, if nine ASUN schools are represented, how could the runner-up for the entire championship be left out? I'm not going to directly compare players to others and say that a woman doesn't deserve to be in contention for an award. But if you go to the ASUN Stats website, you can do the math yourself. Look at where Macy Rainwater or Ebony Clark or Kendall Higgs rank on the points rankings compared to other nominees on that list. And it's frankly dumbfounding that the A-Sun looked past all these Kennesaw State players. The program is owed a little more respect than that. And maybe it won't frustrate the team as much as it does me or Benji Walton as much as it does me, but... I was fired up when I saw that because it, it made zero sense. And I hope one of our players goes out and shows that that list is garbage and just goes and wins the real pre the, the real player of the year. And I think they're more than capable of doing just that. And now it comes to our main segment of the day. And we're going to be talking a lot of basketball, folks, a lot of basketball. Because we have a new transfer that had just signed the day of this recording. We'll get to him soon enough. But with all this talk about transfers, mostly when it comes to women's hoops at Kennesaw State, it left me interested to say and ponder what 
the starting fives for each team was going to be next season. And I think with the men's, which we're going to start off with, because there's honestly less to talk about than there is with women's hoops, the big question with the men's is how much is that starting five going to really change this season? Let's take a look, for example, at the starting five in Kennesaw State's playoff game against Jacksonville State to end the season. At the one, or the point guard, you have Terrell Burton. He's a guy who took a huge step this year. And I mean huge. He was already an incredibly skilled ball handler. He really got the floater going that season. And that helped him sit second of scoring. He had 11.6 points per game. He also logged 146 helpers last season. And I haven't seen this talked about a lot. That tally was the highest tally since 2006-2007 when Tony Ingles' son Golden logged 180. It still stands as our Division I record. I think Rell can beat it this year. He has the capability. What Terrell Burton brings to this team is irreplaceable. Case and Jennings is a fantastic backup, but that's Terrell's spot to lose. You might find Kaysen in the one or the two, depending where in the game you're at. You might see you know him and Terrell together. But I think Kaysen is a great piece of depth to keep you dangerous all game in the moments that you have to rest Terrell. At the two, you have Spencer Rogers. I think as a shooter, Spencer Rogers made an immediate impact as a shooter his first year at Kennesaw State. Not last season, but the season before. And I think even Spencer Rogers would admit that his shooting wasn't up to his standard last season. The stats show this. His field goal percentage showed this. It dipped nearly 5%. His three-point percentage showed this. It also dipped nearly 5%. However, he got better in nearly every other area of his game. He was a better rebounder. He was a better playmaker. He turned the ball over less. His first year at Kennesaw State, he was a phenom in terms of scoring. But last year, he was a more well-rounded player. If Coach Amir Abdul-Rahim can find that happy medium between you know, the scoring dominance he had his first year and the well-roundedness he showed last year, he will have unlocked a hell of a player that can push his team to the next level and leave the program better than he found it in what is probably his last year or second to last year. At the three, you have Youngblood. Chris Youngblood. You could definitely make the argument he's the best player on the team. He gets up for the rebound. He's got that pop from range, that special pop. You know, So many times I've seen him up close and the way he'll just stop on a dime He'll get the shot up and in. It's so, so hard to do. And he makes it look easy. He's explosive. He's hard to stop when he gets downhill. He can really burst through the glass ceiling this year if he can find a way to take even another step, which I don't know how he'll do it because he's already so damn good. If he takes another step, he's going to be unstoppable. At the four, you have Brandon Stroud. 
And I look at Brandon Stroud and I think about what, I don't know if you guys have seen The Last Dance, but I think about what Gary Payton said about Dennis Rodman on The Last Dance. He said that Rodman was, he was the, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this for the podcast. He was the F up person. You know, quote, he was the F up person. He goes in there and he'll just F everything up. Now, let me clarify something here. Because I'm not saying that Brandon Stroud is messing up plays for the Owls. He's messing up plays for the other team. He might be the guy that people look at his stats and say, you know, he had a pretty good year, but this guy's replaceable in the lineup. He's not. Believe me, he's not. He's the best defender, I think, on the team by far. Such an active defender. Gets in your face. Will glue himself onto you. What the man does does not come up on the stat sheet completely. He had a really good year statistically, uh, was the leading rebounder for the team, but there's so much that he does that is just intangible that you have to watch the game to see what he does. You may sub on new man Quincy Ademakoya if you need buckets. He may be considered more of a shooter looking back at his high school days. He's a former Owl, but that's because he's a transfer from Temple. Um, but I honestly haven't been able to find much on him. I'll try to see if I can get anything. I sent an email to a, a writer at Temple, and I'll see if I can get anything on him because I am interested to see what kind of game this guy brings. Uh, recruiters said that he was one of the best shooters in the state when he came out of Norcross High School. But... To be honest, hasn't really shown that in his college career so far. Really hasn't had the opportunity to show that in his college game so far. So big opportunity to show himself as a major contributor for the Owls. <laughs> the black and gold kind, uh, that is. And at the five, now this is coming back to what we were talking about. Big transfer announced today. The five just got a lot more interesting. and You know, it's hard to say just how interesting it got. In the playoff game against Jack State, pretty much the whole season, the starter was the man they call Mondo. He's such a nice guy, He's such a such a funny guy too. You know, to every time I saw him, you know, he was always cracking jokes and uh, was always such a pleasant guy to be around. Demon Robinson was such a good presence in the paint. Was so strong, so physical. You always want to form a good chemistry between your one and your five. And I think he really did that with Terrell Burden last year. Alex Peterson may be the better defensive option at the five. But then you have a new transfer announced the day of recording, which is Wednesday, that may shake up the play at center. Today, the Owls announced the signing of Eve Nakomba. Six foot eleven center with three years of eligibility. This is coming straight from the release. It's been hard to find many things about Nkomba. He's from Leeds, England. He played at Three Rivers Community College last season, where he averaged one point six points, one point six boards. Mind you, that's only in six point three minutes per game. I've seen things that say he's a Georgia Highlands College player. Uh. I haven't seen any stats on him. I don't know if maybe that's a there's a decommit there or you know he redshirted. I'm not sure. 
And there's also a release on the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley website that says he signed on for the upcoming season. But then the Owls confirmed today that he's the most recent signing for Amir Abdul Rahim. It's a confusing situation, but nevertheless, what does he do to shake up the center position? Without seeing much about him, potentially a lot. I've seen videos of him playing at Three Rivers. It seems like his face-up game is strong, is semi-dangerous from the three-point line, probably more dangerous than Mondo or Peterson. He's got a good hook shot. Um, you know That's just derived from highlights, though, mind you. But the, for the time being, it's, it's really hard to say what he can contribute to the system without seeing him play. But six foot eleven, you know, one thing's for sure. I went back looking at rosters from years before, and I'm hard pressed to find a player that's six eleven or taller. We've been lacking in that next level size for quite some time, which I think six foot eleven definitely is, is incorporated in, and and Kamba definitely adds that. So interesting to see, you know, most of that. That lineup is going to be solidified from last season to next season. But definitely something interesting to keep an eye on is that center position. And you'd have to think that already with Alex Peterson, was going to have the most competition. But now, you know, does Nkamba kind of mix things up there as well? Now, we have more of a difficult task with the women's team. Now, let's start with the one certainty we do have, and her name is Amani Johnson. And look, what else can I say about Amani Johnson? What else can anyone say about her? You know, Alexis Poole set the Division One record, scoring record for KSU last year. Amani will, unless you know, something happens or gets in the way of it, she'll probably pass that this year. She's the captain. She's the facilitator. She's the three-point shooter for the most part. She's the focal point. No one, no one is taking that starting point guard position from Amani Johnson next year. I don't care what happens. Then the number two, you know, it starts getting tricky already. Amani Johnson's number two for the last two seasons has been Josh A. Whitfield, who has really been the number two scorer for the most part as well. You had Alexis Poole last year, but in terms of the backcourt, there was Amani Johnson and there was Josh A. Whitfield. She's returning for another year as a graduate. I think what stands out for her is her versatility. I think there are things that she does well, everything she does decently well. She drives well. She hits some mid-range well. That's probably her big strength. She's okay from beyond the arc. She sees the game well. She gets boards. But Octavia Blue is already showing her acumen in recruiting. After having a team that she hadn't recruited a single member of last year, you know, that wasn't, that was her team, but it wasn't her team, if you understand me. And she improved them. You know, she took him to another level. Now she's recruiting some names out of the transfer portal. One of them is Carly Hooks, who may not have the flashy background in terms of program or conference, as we'll see from some of the other ladies, but numbers. I mean, 
damn, she was good at K- at ETSU. She led the Bucks in scoring her freshman year. She was a SoCon all-freshman. And then she scored even more points the next season. From her numbers, looks to have a similar profile to Josh A. Well-rounded game. But what I will say about her, seeing video of her, one thing Coach Blue said when she came into the program is she wanted to see the team play faster. You know, that was her goal. That was the way that she wanted to play. Carly Hooks definitely adds that. She makes you more dangerous on the fast break. You also have another grad transfer, though. And her name is Lindsay Wilby. And you could see her in the two. You might see her in the three. One thing with her... I don't believe she's played the college game since she opted out of the 2020-21 season with Purdue. Uh, Her numbers may not paint her in the best light. She was more effective at Texas Tech, uh, which was the school she originally committed to out of high school. But yet again, watching videos of her play, you see what Octavia Blue is searching for with the future of this team. This girl is fast and... Compared to how the team played two or three years ago, that's new for this team. You know, the team is going to have so much more depth and will be a lot quicker this year. I think you're going to see the twos and threes be platooned quite a bit. And it it gives Blue that flexibility to game plan, even with her lineup. And choose a shooting guard that fits against the opponent better. Choose... You know, a number three that fits against the opponent better. A four, a five. As I mentioned, the one sure thing Amani Johnson is running point. Now, you can see the number three position in a much similar vein to the number two. I think you could you could see Wilby, Hooks, maybe even Josh A in that number three position. But for Coach Blue, ultimately, I think it comes down to two players. That's Breland Snipes. And who's a player that we know, and a transfer from Indiana, Kiara Berry. Snipes made this position her own last season. In a year that Kennesaw State struggled with perimeter defense, I think it's fair to say, Breland was their best perimeter defender, bar none. You know, just like we were talking with Brandon Stroud, that puts you at a premium in this game. You know, she was also getting a real good grip on her corner threes, which made her dangerous. But someone that knows about shooting deep threes is Kiara Berry. She did that a ton in high school. I'd love to be able to see more of her defense. I think that's the thing is, you know, a lot of times huddle or, you know, highlights, no matter what, you're not seeing the defensive side of their game as much as you are their offense. So that's something that I would like to get a better look at. She didn't get a real good chance to shine in the college game at Indiana. So very interested and excited for that first game. Again, I think it's an area where Coach Blue can scout the opposing team first and then decide who's starting at the three, opponent by opponent. It doesn't get any easier with the number four. But we're dealing with some familiar faces now. Stacy Jones, after her freshman year, looked like she was going to be the person to take the torch from Amani Johnson and Alexis Poole 
as the cornerstone of that program after they left. She was still great last year, but she didn't give that same air that she did her freshman year. And, you know, she's still so young. She still has so much to, so much room to develop and grow. And she was being pushed and will still be pushed by the play of then freshman and rising sophomore, Princess Harden, who really came on toward the end of that last season with fantastic play. She established herself as a pain in the butt to play against. I'll never forget that play where she intercepts two inbounds and converts both for buckets. She could get to the rim, the great defender. You have Jillian Piccolino, who I think most people would think of not as a forward, but as a guard. However, you know, she played a lot of forward down that conference play stretch and was one of the team's best rebounders at the time. You know, through conference play, her rebound numbers were some of the best on the team. I think you're probably going to see her more on the perimeter this year, but she's an option. I think you're going to see Stacey Jones and Princess Harden battle out for this spot. And I think Stacey Jones is a starter to begin the season, but, you know, the P will push her all the way, though, because she's, cause she's pushing P. That's so dumb. Anyway, that brings us to the center position. It's another hard one. Gabby Legister, more or less, has been the center for the Owls the last two seasons, more or less. Standing at six foot two. I mean, Alexis Poole played there a lot last year, but probably was more effective at the four. Gabby Legister, probably more of like a true center, if that makes sense. But Octavia Blue went and did probably what we thought Octavia Blue was gonna do. You know, you know, we knew she knew her bigs. She comes and brings in two transfers that are six three. The first one is Taylor Cullinan out of Alabama, who seems to be maybe the better rebounder out of the group. Watching videos of her, I think she's going to add something big to this team, something big that the Owls didn't do well last year, and that's boxing out. I can't tell you how many times, you know, on the sideline you hear, you know, the coaching staff for the women's basketball team say, box out, box out, box out. And... It's almost like she's super hyper-focused in this area, Taylor Cullinan is. And something that, you know, needed to be improved on, Coach Blue went out and improved it. And I think that she's going to be extremely beneficial in that area of the Owls game. Uh, then you have Kendall Golden, who I can't say for sure is an Owl or not. Um... I've seen her, uh, I believe I've seen her in preseason videos, but I don't think she was ever fully announced. But um, if she is an owl, she seems to be more of the read the game, defensively get in someone's face, make a block type player. We know Coach Blue knows her forwards, knows her bigs. She's assembled the core of these centers that, like we've talked about every other position, I, I think he come up big in different areas of the game. Gabby Legister, I think, is going to be more 
the score of the group. If you need someone to receive the ball, turn and lay up, Gabby's going to be your girl. But this position, you know, who's going to start out as a, the number five? I think it's by far the toughest one to call. And I'm going to hand it to Taylor Cullinan in the long run because last season, the Owls won more games when they were on the glass better than the other team. Simply. It's so difficult to judge and place these players, though, without seeing them play in the system. You, you never know what's going to happen. And that's why I'm so excited for this upcoming season, especially with women's basketball, to be in a convo and see how it's all going to unfold. I know I'll be there to see it all happen. And I can't wait because I think, you know, I mentioned it last week, I think Coach Octavia Blue is really building something with his team. And I think they're going to be much improved this season. In the meantime, thank you so much again for listening to Owl the Rage. It's been such a pleasure just the way that this last week has gone. But for now, that's all I've got. We'll see you next time.